From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up. In 1903, a three-year-old boy was given up for adoption from the front yard of a Brisbane Street home because his mother already had two children out of wedlock and another was on the way. In this episode, you'll hear from the 67-year-old grandson of that three-year-old who has uncovered his intriguing family history in Ipswich at the turn of last century. It's Friday, June 3, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which on the last day of Reconciliation Week and Mabo Day, acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Hugh O'Brien is on a journey of discovery and rediscovery, with a walk from Perga to Mergen to honour his grandfather. It's a distance of about 275 kilometres, and he's called it in Grandad's footsteps. Why is he doing this? Let's find out. Thank you for joining Ipswich today, Hugh. Well, thank you for having me, Alan. Can we start in 1903, when your grandfather was only three years old in Ipswich? In your research, what were the living conditions like in what would have been a very industrialised city with coal mining and the railways? Well, very, very tough. His mother actually, as far as we can work out, was a a barmaid at a hotel and she had um, got pregnant, no father, and so my grandfather was born in 1899 and she really didn't learn from that. By 1901, she had another child, um, father unknown, And by 1903, she was pregnant again, just a month off having her third illegitimate child to her. Again, um, the father was not on the scene. And uh, a farmer walked past and he saw my grandfather playing in the very small yard. My mother said it was like a little concrete area in front of the, in Brisbane Street, Ipswich. And uh, he, he spoke to the, uh, my grand, my great grandmother, and somehow a transaction was made, and and my grandfather was given away to that farmer. He had four daughters, and he needed a son, and so away he went. Uh, and it's such a part of his life started. It's such a fascinating account of what happened. It all sounds like it happened in a day. Is that what your research is telling you? Um, probably over a couple of weeks, because mm. we we think that. Um, well, a couple of days. What happened was a couple of days later, a, a solicitor or someone who could draw up a legal agreement did so, a Thomas O'Brien from Churchill. And I've tried to track down this Thomas O'Brien, no relation to me. And as far as I can work out, he was only a law student. The only Thomas O'Brien listed on any electoral roll around Ipswich at that time was a law student. So we think this law student grew up an adoption agreement Mm -hmm. and um, away my grandfather went. And in the adoption agreement, it said that his mother was to have no contact with him ever again. Could you work out the exact house where this happened? No, that, like that's, I mean, it, it's annoying, Alan. I've tried to work out exactly where he was, but it just said Brisbane Street, Ipswich. That's the only uh, address given on the electoral roll for my great-grandmother. And of course, you know, Brisbane Street, Brisbane Road, it's a, a pretty pretty long road. Yes, well, back, back in the day, I, I'm thinking it might be Brisbane Street and, and West Ipswich had a lot of housing in it. Uh, back then. So 
who knows? It could be that area. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I always thought it was more the other side of town. Right. And, and I'll, te- I'll tell you why. An interesting story. My, my grandfather's name is Kevin Hamilton McMahon. And in doing the research from Ireland, I mean, the McMahons had come out in 1854 because of the potato famine, like, you know, many families did. But there's no Hamiltons whatsoever in the family history. And... What I worked out, there's a Hamilton Street that runs off Brisbane Road yes. towards Bival there. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's where he was conceived. <laughs> so that's why he was given the name Kevin Hamilton McMahon. You mentioned this basic agreement that was drawn up that said his mother could have no contact. But do you know, was there any contact? Yes, well, an amazing story. There was He, he leaves at the age of three, goes to live at Perga, and we think no contact with the mother then. And his actual adoptive parents, the father was a very harsh man, but the mother was lovely. And uh, she really looked after my grandfather very well. And he was very fond of her, you know, right right toward, for, she died in 1936. But what happened in about 1924, we think, my grandfather got very bad uh, peritonitis, appendicitis, and he was hospitalised in Brisbane and some fluky reason, you know, divine providence, the nurses found his birth certificate and actually contacted his birth mother thinking he was going to die. And so she came and met him for the first time, say, say 1924, that's 21 years later, she hadn't seen him. And then he realises, oh, I'm actually a McMahon I'm not a Creech. Creech was the surname that uh, of the adopting family, and and the cousins of mine. We, I mean, we. My grandfather had 26 grandchildren, and all of the cousins. I say to them, especially the females, look. You know, if he hadn't have met his mother, instead of being the McMahons, you'd be the Creeches. Let's get on to you. He changed his name as soon as he met his mother and she said, oh, you've got a a brother and a sister. And, in fact, the sister ran the Fernvale Hotel for many years. And so he had this family and they were all McMahons and he changed his name in 1925. The day we're recording this, Hugh, you're midway on a walk between Perga and Mergen. Why are you doing this? Well, what happened in 1907... Uh, William Creech, who had run a farm at Perga, south of Ipswich, was attracted by the promise of more land in the newly opened South Burnett area, and they were uh, taking doing land selections there in 1907. And so he loaded all of the family's belongings onto a wagon, and that wagon set out from Perga and went through the Brisbane Valley all the way up to Mergen, and my grandfather walked every step of the way. He never got to sit on the wagon. Now, he used to, uh, he said to my my, uh, aunt, he said, oh, there were four girls in the family. They're all older than him. They got to ride on the wagon. I never got to ride on the wagon, and my job was to walk behind, and I had to put blocks of wood under the wheels to stop the wagon rolling backwards. Hugh, the, the detail you've got is is fascinating. What sort of documents d- did you uncover to get this level of detail? Well, that's just all ver- – that's my grandfather telling the story ah. when – I mean, I, he, he died in 1969 and I actually had the, you know, the great privilege of helping – he ran a, a 
business in Mergen. And as a kid, I used to go in there in the holidays and, and work for him. So I spent a lot of time with him. Right. And, you know, if you sort of complained about something, you might say, oh, I had to walk behind the wagon, go and do it. Yeah, yeah. Back, back in my day, yes. Yes, yeah. exactly, back in my day. <laughs> that, that is incredible. So he did that entire walk. Your recreating that walk in a fashion now. How did you come up with this idea and, and, and what what's motivated you? Well, just hearing that he did it um, was always something in the back of my mind thinking, wow, you know, that would be good to do it. And and over the years, I mean, as you get older, like I've run marathons, but I, I, I'm the sort of person, I need some sort of motivation to keep fit. And then when the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail came into being, because it, you I thought, oh, it's a bit dangerous to walk along the road. Uh, but when the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail came in where you can own, there's no motorised vehicles allowed on it, mm. it pretty much follows the route that my grandfather would have taken. And I thought, well, what a great opportunity. Why don't I just walk that entire route in his honour uh, just to remember him and also as a way to keep fit and also a way to motivate all my other cousins who, you know, the 26 grandchildren he has who are all, all still alive and, you know, in varying states of ill health and health. And it's it's a good motivation for all of us, I think. What a great way to highlight the family history. Now, once you get up to Yarraman, I don't think there's any more rail trail after Yarraman. Uh, what, are you going to, what are you going to do there? Stick to the roads, obviously. Well, Alan, you do you do know your stuff. The the uh, it was called the missing link for years. That and, and I mean, I spent a lot of time in Kingaroy. I grew up in Kingaroy, and yep. they always used to say the rail line originally went from Thebine near Gympie through Kilkeven, Mergen, and went to Kingaroy, and then went on to Nanango and stopped. And then the Brisbane Valley line came up through which. Ipswich, Woolcaraka, you know, Est, Goolawa, right way through and stopped at Yarraman. But there was this missing link. And in 1920 in Parliament, they almost passed a bill to, to complete the missing link. I've heard but this it, story, yes. It was never done. And so it's annoying for me because the missing link means I've got to walk on a back road, but it's it's called the Din Din Road and it's only for four-wheel drive. So that part of the journey is quite safe to do, really. Okay. Uh, so that'll be going on a back road. And then and then Kingaroy, Nanango to Kingaroy, I'll actually walk on beside the road, but the stock routes there make it – there's plenty of room on the side of the road. Then when I get to Kingaroy, I'm on the Kingaroy to Kilkeven Road trail through to Mergen. And how many days is this 275 kilometres going to take you? Well, it'll take me 14 days, 12 days of walking, two days of resting. I hope you don't ask me how long did my grandfather take because I, I don't know. I wish I had that detail, but I did do some research and it said that bullock wagons usually travelled about 25 kilometres a day. I'm doing 22 kilometres a day. So pretty I'm close, thinking, yes. you know, pre- pretty close. Mm. And depending on the weather then, I mean, I've, I'm lucky with um, Somerset Regional Council and the Ipswich Council building all, you know, bridges everywhere. Um, they wouldn't have had any of those. And when my grandfather did it, the rail line actually only went through to Esk. It yes. wasn't, it didn't go further on until, you know, a number of years later. Coming back to Ipswich, you've uncovered more information about your family history with some interesting connections 
to, of all places, the Ipswich Showgrounds. Yes, well, my grandfather married a woman called Ivy Fowler and her father, John Fowler, he was the caretaker of the Ipswich Showgrounds from 1914, I think, till about 1940. So she spent a lot of her childhood years at the showground, but she used to lament to my, my aunt. She said, oh, I had no kids to play with. I used to look forward to the show because she made uh, very good friends with the Siamese twins who were part of the freak show that was yes. on during the show, and she mm. used to really look forward to the Siamese twins coming back so that she'd have someone to play with. Well, I mean, we don't like to brag, although my, my mother was very proud of this fact. She said, you know, my grandmother had the very first phone line in Ipswich. And, I mean, I, I did go to the State Library to try to check this, but I couldn't find the actual phone directory. So we'll, we'll leave it as being fact. But the reason she had the very first phone line for a private person is that she was a midwife. And then another and, – and here's another story for you, Alan, that I, I found in the, in the research. The woman who gave away my grandfather, who I won't name because she went on to marry someone else and, and, you know, and they're still in Ipswich, these people, but she married a man and in, she had a job looking after a, a man who'd come out from America and he was very sick. I, we, we can't quite work out why she was looking after him. Anyway, he got very sick. She nursed him back to health. He was so impressed by this that when he died, he left her quite a lot of money in his will. And with that money, she this is a woman who in 1903 was so desperate that she had three illegitimate kids, was giving one of them away, by 1917 was gifted this money and was able to buy 10 blocks of land in the Newtown area of Ipswich. And the man who gave her the money was a Mr Bushell, who was part of the Bushell Tea family. Wow. So many, so, so many strands, and look, there are so many families with with uh, similar voyages of discovery they can do by uh, looking at their family tree and tracing down documents. Hugh, it sounds like you've done a lot of work to get the information to get to this point. Yes, uh, and I've been helped. I mean, the, I mean, Ipswich has got a great library there. It has. And they, it's you know the resources are terrific, and I mean, ancestry and any of those sites, you really can find out some interesting stuff. And I mean, Trove, you you may have heard of is yes, the, on the, line, the website uh, that Canberra. keeps all of the, mm. the newspapers. And, like, I mean, I lament, Alan, the, the loss of, say, you know, the, Ips, the Queensland Times as being a printed newspaper. Uh, it's great you've got a couple of other newspapers filling the void there and your, your own podcast is extremely important in, in maintaining, you know, modern history. But Little things that happened in, say, 1896 made the news. For example, this farmer who adopted my grandfather, William Creech, he was also a milk vendor in Ipswich, and one day his horse, the horses bolted in the main street when he was having a haircut. Now, that made the front page of the Queensland Times. <laughs> I can imagine it would have, yes. <laughs> but it's great we've sort of got that archive to to, to look back on. It is. Hugh O'Brien, I'd like to wish you all the best on the rest of your walk uh, in Grandad's footsteps. All the best and thank you so much for speaking with Ipswich today. Well, thank you very much, Alan, for uh, having me on. If you have an idea for an interview with an Ipswich connection... 
go to the Ipswich Today website to make a suggestion. And a reminder, you will find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.